0: Yesterday, uh, we reflected uh, that prayer is flow, and uh, maybe this is a new concept for some of you, and you may not quite sure Uh, what it uh, looks like uh, in actual prayer and as we uh, say that prayer is a flow uh, in our spiritual state of being that we need to create this flow and prayer activity should be uh, overflow of the flow that Uh, Is within you. It's a natural byproduct of the flow within you. So this flow is uh, more important than what you do. When there is this flow then what you say in prayer becomes meaningful. So it is a spiritual condition in a way. And if I may explain a little bit Simpler, I'm not really good at uh, drawing. You won't even know what that is if I draw it. Some people think it's so. <laughs> a <laughs> That's not what I'm trying to draw. trees. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to draw. Roots. <laughs> Branches. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to... I'm really, really bad at huh? uh, what, what is that game? Pictionary <laughs> Whenever I call up, nobody guesses. <laughs> I tried to draw hard. It took so long to... Yes, it was hard. <laughs> so anyway, these are two trees. And then, let's say uh, one tree, there's no flow. Uh, the, uh, the water does not go up and down, there's no flow. And then one tree, uh, there is a flow, the water going up and down and up and down. And in the right in the beginning, You don't see the difference. But as the years go by, the roots will decay, the trees will decay, and they will get, uh, you know, you will die. And this one, because there is a flow, the trunk becomes stronger, and branches, and leaves, and fruit. It's like tree planted by stream of water. So, life, that does not have flow usually spiritually uh, you're dead. Uh, slowly you're dying away. So in prayer what is important is to create this flow within you. So that naturally you are geared towards God. It is your tendency. Uh, like sunflower turning towards the sun. You naturally turn towards God. In every circumstance of your life, you turn towards God. Then that flow, what creates that flow? It is desire within you. <clears throat> it is desire within you. Uh, as a deer, desire for the water, pants for the water, my soul longs for you. So it is desire within you. For example, if you have desire for the world, then flow will be created, made towards the world. Doesn't matter what you do, whether you give offering, you do good uh, things, but if your flow is towards the world, then whatever you do does not really, will help you. What you you need is to turn that flow from the world uh, to God and when that uh, flow is created, that path is made, that prayer uh, becomes possible. And where does that desire come from? It is awakened desire, awakened desire, and that awakened desire is possible through understanding of the scripture. So when you study the Bible, you understand what's going on and then your desire is awakened and then that desire creates the flow and then prayer becomes meaningful exercise for you so studying the word and prayer cannot be separate these are not two separate things these all whole system uh, has to be uh, there so as you study the scripture ah you understand Now, this is what life is all about. This is what truth is all about. This is what God's will is all about. You are awakened to understand uh, God's will and then truth. And that understanding creates desire within you. And that desire creates the path and the flow. And that prayer becomes meaningful activity. From then on, you desire prayer. Even when you're alone, you want to pray. So natural byproduct uh, that uh, it comes. So that's what I mean by flow. Prayer is a flow. It's not isolated activity that you're doing. It is your whole spiritual condition that you turn to God. So continuously to learn prayer, you need to turn to God. You commit sins, yes. You are still imperfect, yes. You still make mistakes. You still uh, make failures, yes. But continuously turn to God. That that's what uh, we need to do. That continuously, repentance is just turning around, turning away from the world and turning to God. That's what repentance is. So as you turn to God, that flow becomes uh, meaningful. So It's a whole condition. And God made us that way. That is a spiritual anatomy for us. God created us that that way. It's not because God could not bless you without you asking. God could do that. But God designed this uh, such a way so that we could have relationship with God. Continuous fellowship uh, with God. <coughs> God designed our spiritual anatomy, anatomy in that way <coughs> so that we have a relationship. Then, <coughs> but there are things that block us, block the flow. Of heart, our hearts towards God. Uh, John Douglas Hall, in his book When You Pray, Thinking Your Way to God's World, said, "Prayer, at its most authentic as well as its most obedient, means the courage to think. Prayer is a courage to think. So when you have courage to think, you pray. So." I want you to think about, what is blocking your flow of prayer in your life right now? Think about it. So why don't we jot down some of the things that block (coughs) this flow. What are things that block this flow? lack of self-confidence, too, like insecurity, worthlessness, feeling of worthlessness. (coughs) Anything else? Lack Lack of knowledge. Fear. Fear. Yeah? Yeah. You don't want to let the flow go because of fear. You're lucky you control it. You don't see the movement of God. And complacency, sometimes. uh, Or routine activities. Every day you're just doing and doing and doing. You don't even have time to think about. <clears throat> so all these things are what Uh blood, the flow. That's why prayer is difficult. Uh, prayer is just language, prayer is just, uh, what you say is easier. But probably as you experienced last night, when you are left alone, when you try to pray, probably it's difficult. pray because all these things block the flow so you don't feel that Wi-Fi connectedness and will with with God that somehow there's no flow so it's blocked Like a ceiling is right there Uh, instead of really uh, communicating with God the ceiling is uh, blocking so your words come back down instead of going towards God. So it is important that, and it takes spiritual discipline. It is important that we create uh, this uh, flow and path so that we can well communicate with God. I had a conversation with uh, one of ESM members uh, the other week, and she said, Reverend, I thought that life is about uh, Life is like puzzle and I try so hard to find pieces for right place so always look at certain piece of my life and where does it fit in my puzzle so she tried to uh, fit that uh, piece in the the puzzle and sometimes if she forces it uh, to fit the puzzle and then she said but these days I realized that life is not just fitting the pieces in the puzzle, but taking away the pieces. And when I take away the pieces underneath, there's a beautiful picture uh, of the plan of God. As she takes out the pieces one by one, she discovers that there is a beautiful picture that God has already uh, drawn for me. So life is not really finding pieces to fit. Life is, is taking away, one by one so that our soul may be free to be able to reach out to God. And she said, life is much, much, before I was under burden, but I feel much freer. Life is not about accumulating things. Life is giving away things. Our attachment, our defense, our greed, our ambition, our insecurity, our sense of worthlessness, our complex, just one by one we let down.
1: Yeah? I you're triggering something I remembered and- I I hope it will be helpful.
0: When Robert Williams
1: died this year, or past year, that kind of affected me because he was a well-loved celebrity. But I read something in one of the memorials about him, and it said, and I think it relates to this, because what he said at one point, or the gist of it was, at some point, it becomes too hard to forget what I've done. Mm -hmm. And so, that says to me, mm-hmm. there was so much self-loathing uh-huh. that I don't know what his faith was. But I know this happens for me. Yeah. There's a point at which you feel, oh, I just made myself so sick. Yes, ma'am. I can't get past it. Mm-hmm. And I was really struck by that because I thought, obviously, you had depression. Mm-hmm. But when you are in that spot, yeah. it's very easy yeah. to sink lower. Yes, ma'am. And if you don't have people around you. Yes, ma'am. Then it's very yeah. difficult. So I think the key in those situations when you're not at your low point is yeah. to make sure that when you get to that low point, you yeah. surround yourself with people, right. as opposed to isolating yourself. Yeah. Because yeah. a lot of people yeah. at that point they become, you know, they become isolated. Yeah. And, you know, when you combine mental illness with yeah. that kind of self self loathing, then you've yeah. broken that connection. That's right. Have to you have to surround
0: yourself at that point? Otherwise, you can't you can't do. Yeah, and it's a lot. It's a lot worse than you know just simple mm-hmm. worries and anxieties. Mm-hmm. Then it's it's something beyond that. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Mina. Uh, that's a really really helpful comment. Uh, you know, we are. I mean, when when I hear you, uh, when I was hearing you, the word that comes to my mind is overloaded overloaded. Sometimes we are overloaded. And then we need to uh, find a way to let go with each other, uh, share by sharing or with God. So prayer is basically letting down one by one before God. And it completely as yesterday somebody said nakedly honest. Like a one by one we become naked and then worries and anxieties we live in God's hands. That instead of trying to control everything, and then after a while you break, we are not able to control uh, everything. So the journey to fullness, I realize, that is journey to emptiness. Actually, journey to fullness is journey to emptiness. There are a lot of things within us that hinder us from praying. We need to cultivate our hearts so that they may flow well towards God in every situation of our life. Not only when we feel spiritual and emotional, but when we feel lost, abandoned, and forsaken. Right prayer time is not when you feel spiritual. Right prayer time is when you feel totally abandoned. That's when you need to pray. When you're spiritual, less needed. But when you're down at the bottom, that's when you need to pray. But common mistake is when you're down, you give up praying. And when you feel good, but when you're down, that's the time when you pray. You pray not when you feel holy, but you pray when you feel you're in the, in the mud. That's when you pray. When you feel dirty, when you feel you're right in the mud, that's when you When you don't feel like praying, that's when you pray. When you feel that you're not worthy enough to pray, that's when you pray. When you're weak, that's when you pray. And this is what St. Paul taught us about spirituality. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray, as we are. Because because of our weakness. We don't know how we ought to pray. But that very spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. When you are not able to pray because of your weakness, that's when the spirit intercedes for you with words, with a sigh too deep for. So, there is no circumstance when prayer is not appropriate. In every situation, prayer is needed. When you feel totally forsaken, betrayed, and abandoned, that's exactly when you need to pray. Jesus on the cross He felt totally abandoned. And this is how he prayed. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Even to God, he said, why have you forsaken me? He felt forsaken by God. Even then, Jesus did not stop praying. Even then, he prayed about, why have you forsaken me? Angry, Jeremiah, when you're angry with God, that's when you pray. And this is angry, Jeremiah prayed. Look at you. you is God. Jeremiah is speaking to God. You have seduced me, Yahweh, and I have let myself be seduced. You have overpowered me. You were the stronger. I'm a daily laughing stock. Everybody's mockery. When you feel so angry with God, feel so seduced and then wrongly seduced and then became a laughing stock because of God, he didn't stop praying. He cried out to God even then. You know, Job and his suffering. When he went through so much suffering, this is how he prayed. If I sin, what do I do to you, you watcher of humanity? Why have you made me your target? Why have I become a burden to you? So when you look at the Bible, in every situation, the people in the Bible prayed. So, in our every situation, We pray. We pray when we are desperate. We pray when we feel abandoned. We pray when we are angry. We pray when we feel total absence of God. But think about your own life. Is that when you stop praying? When you're angry with God? When you feel abandoned? When you feel betrayed? Or when you make big mistakes, failures, sins, and guilt, that's when you stop praying. Think about why you didn't pray all, all the time. You could not pray. Why couldn't you pray? What attitude should you have? So, why don't you discuss? little bit together when was a time that you could not pray and what should be right attitude the loss about when you could not pray How you felt. whatever you discuss. Let the groom know. It Doesn't have to be profound truth.
1: <laughs> Just
0: what you experience at that time. Anything else? Yeah. Okay, Tori. <laughs> <laughs> You're on the spot. You're on <laughs> Oh, I came to this prayer retreat because uh, I might feel the presence of God, you know. So uh, she actually did this morning, so that's what she shared. Anything else? Easter life You know as you pray You sense that there is a rhythm in the prayer rhythm of light and darkness and feeling of joy and sadness Uh, Up and down you feel this rhythm and also you feel the rhythm of uh, presence of God and the absence of God You feel both Absence of God is very much also a spiritual thing If you have never experienced the presence of God You will know what the absence of God feels like only people who felt uh, Presence of God can feel the absence of God so all the people uh, in history when you read their books they talk a lot about absence of God. Even the recent one, Mother Teresa was talking about the absence of God. I don't feel God. I don't know whether even I believe. Uh, So she was wondering. So that kind of thing comes from actual spiritual uh, experience. So Presence of God and absence of God, there is rhythm. And always, we sometimes try to create the presence of God in the way we want, and even manufacture it, manipulate it. For example, Israelites, we were talking about. In the beginning, they came out of the world, uh, the Egypt, with such enthusiasm. He saw, uh, they saw miracles and power of God working. So they felt the full presence of God right in the beginning. And as they walked through the journey, they realized that there is danger here. We may not even get to the promised land. We may end up here, you know, never mind the freedom. We might just end up dying in the wilderness. They felt total absence of and they felt really really uncomfortable with the absence of God and they, and then what did they do? They created idols, golden calf, and they said this is our God. They made up the presence of God. This is our God from now on and this God uh, will lead us. So sometimes right attitude, wrong attitude they said creating your own, own idols, uh, creating your own uh, spiritual feeling, manufacturing your own spiritual feeling because that doesn't get us anywhere. In the hiddenness of God, what we learn? Even my religious feeling cannot do anything. Just completely up to God. It's not about how I feel. It's not about what I do. Is completely what God does. So when we experience the absence of God, the hiddenness of God, we learn that before I depended on my religious feeling, uh, spiritual feeling, but even that would not be able to help me. Only God can help me. So we learn uh, that kind of thing. I mean, modern people, we talked about it. Uh, We don't see wilderness around us. But modern life is like spiritual wilderness, in my opinion. And uh, I feel for them how difficult it must be to live in spiritual wilderness without any guidance, completely lost and abandoned. And what they want is a quick answer, concrete answer, practical answers. Like stone turning into bread, as we talked about yesterday. Safety net when you fall from the pinnacle. Power that can control the world. But one thing about prayer, you don't dictate the outcome in prayer. You don't dictate the outcome. We don't (coughs) control the result. It's another attitude that uh, Judy was asking. Some people already know the answer before they pray and demand God to answer it quickly and exactly in the way they ask. God, I want you to do this. I mean, I wonder who is God. You or God. You tell God what to do. That's not prayer. That's a demand. That's a command. Or even a threat. That's dictating God what to do. Often, the answer that comes to you can be totally different from what you wish or what you imagine and expect prayer is not a ritual that we use to get our wishes from god in that sense prayer is not a spell we enter into prayer with certain expect expectations but you may come out of prayer with totally different results. You enter with this agenda into prayer but when you come out of it that agenda disappears. And then you came out with totally different things. Let me give you a biblical example. St. Paul hit a thorn in the flesh. And we don't know exactly what that thorn was. But he tormented it. He felt that Satan gave that thorn to torment me. So rightly, he prayed that this thorn to be taken away. For my ministry, without this thorn, I'll be much better. So God, I ask you to take away this thorn. And he said, he prayed three times. Three does not mean that he literally prayed three times. Three means perfect number. He prayed as much as he could. Uh, He could no longer pray more. So that much he prayed for that thorn to be taken away. That was the agenda, that's how he entered into it. When he came out of it, God did not take away that thorn But instead God gave this message My grace is sufficient for you for power is made perfect in weakness Instead of taking away the thorn God gave him the truth And upon this truth he built his whole theology And because of this truth we know that we are saved by God's grace alone He was able to do ministry much better with this truth And with the Lord in his flesh so he entered into with certain expectation And he came out of it with totally different answers you don't dictate the outcome. That's what prayer is. You let God dictate the outcome. Another example is our Lord Jesus Christ. When you, when He prayed in Gethsemane, He said, "God, take this cup away from." He entered into that prayer with certain expectation. God did not take away that cup. God's, Jesus' prayer was answered where? At the cross. Take that cup. That was God's answer to Jesus. God did not answer Jesus' prayer as Jesus prayed. (coughs) If God took away that cup, they would not have a Savior. We would not have had salvation. Jesus might have been a great hero, but not our Savior. So, when you pray, feel free to not set the agenda. Lord, <coughs> if you don't answer me in the way I pray, then I'm not sure whether you exist. If you have that attitude, then you're creating idol. That idol to be shattered. For the Israelites to truly meet God, the golden calf idol had to be shattered. When you feel the absence of God, all your idols will be shattered. And then pure God comes to you. After fighting against all prophet Elijah the greatest prophet in the Old Testament he just fought off the Baal prophets he became really really weak under the tree he said God Lord I can't go on anymore I want you to kill me right here God did not answer Elijah's prayer as he prayed Instead of killing Jeremiah, I mean prophet Elijah God brought food through Ravens Many people in their desperation in their depression they say kill me. I'm too tired God does not listen to God's language is not English God's language is not Korean God's language is not Hebrew Aramaic God's language that God understands is the heart When you pray to God God does not listen to what you say God listens to what your heart says God listens to The heart of Elijah. So even out of desperation and out of depression, you say a lot of things to God, God will not answer those words exactly as you blurted it out. And I thank God for that. Because we say a lot of things that we don't mean. If God answered exactly as I said, then I'm in trouble right now. But I'm thankful. God listens to our heart. That's God's language. That is prayer language. Prayer language is the heart. It's not Korean, English, or Russian, or Hebrew. Think about when your prayers were not answered or you received totally different answers. What was the result? Think about or are you too strong? Are you too strong as a person? So even God cannot bend you? Even God cannot do anything about you? Because you are you're so strong. Think about it. And discuss together. At that time. We don't control the outcome and result of our prayer. In our prayer, we are completely surrendering our whole self to God. Then, God will be able to lead us to the world we have never entered before. God will lead us into the unknown, into the mystery, and that is the wonderful nature of prayer. Because we don't control the (laughs) outcome of prayer. Sometimes prayer leads us into the place where we have never been before. Prayer is to enter into God's mystery. The wonderful nature of prayer, Jeremiah saw it very clearly. This is what he said. Call to me. And I will answer you. Not exactly as you pray, But I will answer you. And it will tell you created hidden things that you have not known. So probably he, he did not uh, ask for. You know, you know what I mean? <laughs> but it's not, because he has not known. God answered with what well, he has not known. So Isaiah might not have, probably did not pray for that. And God answered it with the things that Isaiah had. is not known. Do you understand what I'm saying? Sure. Said, Jeremiah. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, hidden and great things, God answers. There is an interesting story in the Bible And there was a father uh, and then he had a son. And his son had a lot of trouble, demon possessed. Threw himself into the fire, into the water, and all kinds of things. And then he came to disciples. The disciples could not heal him. So finally he came to uh, Jesus. Please, if you can, if you are able to do that, Heal it and jesus said, what do you mean if I can? For those who believe nothing is impossible And this man said I believe And then right after that he said Help my unbelief. I put the scripture there for you Jesus asked the father. How long has this been happening to him? And he said from childhood He has often cast him into the fire into the water to destroy but if you're able to do anything have pity on us and help us jesus said to him if you are able all things can be done for the for the one who believes immediately the father of the child cried out I believe help my unbelief what is this and what is that what is I believe and what is help my unbelief. These are the pillars of our faith. I believe part and help my unbelief part. I believe part is what I control. I come to Bible study. I come to church. I pray. I do all kinds of things. But there is also help my unbelief part. Part that I don't know. Yeah, Both are needed, I believe, and help my belief. I think help my belief is more important. Sometimes I believe is dangerous. From there, religious bigotry comes and all kinds of bad things can come. Help my unbelief is brokenness. I don't know. I want you to reveal to me. I want you to strengthen my prayer. You know, when we, in the beginning, oh, I believe, and I believe, we take the journey, and at one point, we realize ah, oh, it's useless. I cannot do anything people don't listen to me and, and I'm tired and everything. And that's when Hell Mind Belief takes over. And in prayer, we experience this help Mind Belief. Brokenness is essential in our prayer. Brokenness. It, is, it brings us down to earth. That's what humanity is. Anthony Bloom talks about humility in his book, Beginning to Pray. He said, humility, the word comes from Hamas. And that word means dirt. And this is what he said in that book. "Is there, silent and accepting everything, and in a miraculous way, making out of all the refuse, new richness, in spite of Corruption, transforming corruption itself into a power of life and new possibility of creativeness. Open to sunshine, open to the rain, ready to receive any seed we sow and capable of bringing 30, 60, 100 times out of every seed. Beautiful. Earth. That's what Earth does. Receive everything looks like it's decaying, but transforming itself and it bringing fruit 30, 60, 100 times. That's what prayer heart is like. Sometimes you're decaying inside, but also at the same time there's a transformation. And in that prayerful heart, there's a fruit of 30, 60, 100 times. That is humility, humility. It is openness and desire to enter into the unknown. Sometimes, I believe is dangerous. Prayer is not to make what you believe absolute. Sometimes prayer shatters what you believe. It can totally disorient you, it destroys the small world you created, it destroys our belief system. James and John wanted to sit on the right hand and left hand of Jesus. When they asked for it, Jesus said to them, You don't know what you are asking for. Jesus shattered their belief system, their understanding, and their small world. God does that to lead us into the bigger world. Sometimes I go down to Knox College and this person who was doing a defense <laughs> degree came up to me. what I have believed so far has been totally shattered here. And I said, good. <laughs> that has to be shattered for the new to come. Prayer is not to give absolute value to what you believe. Prayer is not to legitimize or sanctify your personal opinions, biases, and prejudices. That is danger. You pray with your personal biases and come out of prayer with sanctified version of your personal biases. That prayer is destructive, spiritually harmful. Yes, we have no choice but to be ourselves as we enter into our prayer. We should be honest with ourselves. We don't need any pretension. As angry as we are, as proud as we are, as uncertain as we are, as greedy as we are, you enter into prayer. But in the process of Prayer, you change. You don't remain the same. You experience the transformation. Your small world shatters, your idols shatter, you, your narrow-mindedness shatters. Let us reflect on Pharisee's prayer, which Jesus hated all the time. This is how he prayed. God. I thank you that I am not like other people, thieves, rogues, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all my income. Jesus hated that
1: prayer. <laughs> and I hate that
0: prayer too. He started with I and ended up with bigger I. You don't start with small eye and come out with a big eye. The opposite. You start with big eye and come out with small eye. Why? Because you experience the majestic world of God. So you don't become small, but relatively, because you saw bigger thing, you become small. You become even invisible. We are in awe of the mystery and wonders of God's world. It is not simply possible to come out with a bigger eye in prayer, if that is right prayer. Jesus demanded two things from the disciples. One, follow me, in following me. One, deny yourself. Two, take up the cross here deny yourself is okay with my strong will I deny myself no what Jesus is saying is find bigger thing then you'll be able to deny yourself (coughs) find bigger world and you'll find yourself will become nothing Peter all night he did fishing fishing was his ambition He's everything and All night he couldn't catch anything and jesus said throw the net into the right side of the boat And he did and he got so many uh he caught so many fish But at the end this at the end strangely What did he do? He threw away. He gave him all those fish He got what he wanted, but he threw away all those fish and follow Jesus why because he found greater thing than the fish you can never give a fish when you don't find greater thing you can never deny yourself when you find greater thing in prayer we find greater world of God that's what prayer does to us Prayer is not escaping into our small world. Prayer is entering into the bigger world. That's why there's a lot of struggle in prayer because you cannot digest everything that happens to you. I hope that your prayer becomes real prayer. Uh, And then you experience the world of God in your life so some things about prayer I share with you and you will have a group discussion and before group discussion John will come out and uh, make an announcement I have a few more but it's a 1030 now so <laughs> we'll just go into the discussion